When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast. Brian Robb, Michael Pina, Rich Levine here. There's very much going on right now as the NBA fits the entire offseason and preseason into one tiny little window. Uh, today we're going to talk about, no, we're not going to talk about, we're going to play a game, 10 out of 10s. But first, B-Rob, I want to talk about this TPE, the big news out of the Gordon Hayward uh, sign and trade. It, it's official. The Celtics didn't get nothing for Gordon Hayward. They got a nice, fat $28 million in change TPE. Ju- a juicy TPE? Or how are you referring to this? Just like a Juicy, yeah. I'll, I'll accept juicy. It's Mike, any adjectives come to mind for this? Um, my kickoff question is, Rich, are you wearing a Denver Nuggets hat? I'm wearing a Denver. Are you, are you avoiding <laughs> talking, talking about Juicy right now? You can't make comments like about, about, you can't comment about my hat when we don't have this on video. You know what I mean? I guess that is that is true. Um, it's very I awkward. Guess for everyone who's listening, Rich is wearing a Denver Nuggets hat. And I, I just was wondering why. You, I don't want to talk about the word juicy in public, so that's why I'm changing the subject to uh, have you give us the backstory on how you got this hat. So I was I was visiting my friend in Denver last November for the uh, Celtics-Nuggets game, actually. The game where Kemba was was carted off the, off the court. Oh, nice. uh, very scary moment. But anyways, uh, on the brighter side, they had a giveaway at the game uh, at halftime, free fitted Denver Nuggets hats. Turns out it's one of the better hats I've had in probably a decade. Um, you look great. I just got to say, yeah, you look great. Okay, let's let's skip the visual aspects of this right now and get into the, the nuts and bolts of uh, this juicy, as Pino was saying, uh, TPE. B-Rob, you wrote earlier this week on Boston Sports Journal, sort of a breakdown of what the Celtics might be able to do with this. Um, one option, and this is probably ideal, I think, would be a sign-and-trade next offseason, right? Correct. But that's harder. But it's harder. Think. Right, exactly. Like that, that would seem to be, oh, yeah, so they can use the $28 million as cap room um, and for a potential sign-and-trade, but the problem with that is the hard cap because, or AKA the apron, which comes into effect anytime you, you get a player in a sign and trade. So since the Celtics have so much money committed already to Tatum, to Kemba, to, to Jalen Brown uh, next year, there's really, you know, only, they're, only, they're only like $12 million under that hard cap already um, heading into next year. So you're, you're, you're going to have to move a pretty big piece um on your team if you want to take someone in with that sign trade. So that makes me think that either a, they're going to use it during this season guys uh, for maybe some smaller salary players or B it won't be in free agency next off season. It will be for a player that's already under contract um, since that wouldn't, you know, trigger the hard cap. I have a quick question though. Aren't they already hard capped because they, use the mid-level exception on Tristan Thompson? Correct. So for in this season, right now, they're about $21 million under the hard cap right now. So Mm -hmm. they can't get, you know, they still have somewhere to work with there, um, but they obviously can't use, you know, bring in a $25 million player as things currently stand. So, um, you know, just from talking to people um, around the organization, around the league, it seems like, you know, all options are on the table here, including maybe players, you know, role players that make a salary that kind of fits in well. So you could potentially use it, you know, split up between two or three guys. 
But there would be more potentially better options had they not signed Tristan Thompson at all. Is that a true statement? Yes, correct. Once once you signed Tristan Thompson, you triggered the hard cap. And so that means you, you can't – that kind of limits what you can – you know, how much you can take in during the season. So I think they they guessed that they would have taken Tristan over some bigger possibilities, which, I mean, probably is a good choice. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, that's some added pressure on the Tristan Thompson signing. Indeed, he's he's ready to roll. He was he was you guys see today he was comparing himself to Marcus Smart as but a big in terms of his uh, intensity. Is that is that a fair? I saw, I saw he said something about laying laying the wood. Is that, yes. Is that the... Yeah, Perk. He he quoted Perk in terms of the physicality he wants to bring and stated like as Perk would say, "Time to lay the wood." Nice. Anyone who talks about laying the wood in his first in his in his introductory press conference is okay with me. I think. That's it's just such start. a it's, it's, it's such a juicy quote. You know? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> okay, full circle. Um, should we start this 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 game? I guess it's a game. We can we, we can figure out a way to keep score. It's uh it's it's called ten out of tens. What I'm going to do? I'm going to read ten statements, and then you guys are going to give me one through ten how much you agree with that statement. Ten. Perfect. Okay. The question why, and we're going to try to move fast. I'm going to time this. Maybe we'll do like four minutes for each for each question. Um, question one. So we know they did the, the first batch of, of COVID tests. 48 players uh, tested positive. Have you guys, B-Rob, this is a quick aside, or either of you guys, have you talked to anyone about like really what the NBA is going to do? Because unless there's another bubble, and I know that I talked to someone uh, with the Celtics that said basically they're, they might have to make a choice. Either you're with this, this, the team all the time or you're not with the team at all. Because unless there's some kind of bubble, this is going to be an absolute shit show. Is it not? When you say be with the team or not be with the team, are you talking about people who – who are you – are you talking about, like, just personnel, like, who work for the team? Like Yeah, people that work with the, the team. In the front office? Like, okay. That if, they, if they're going to let you in the practice facility, you're going to have to be on the road. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're either in this, this, this traveling bubble or you're not. And I'm not saying that this is definitely what's happening, but these are some of the conversations that are happening behind the scenes. As, as possibilities like they're trying to figure out something because they need to <laughs> yeah i mean the number like like i don't know who you talk to like just looking where the numbers are across the country right now and like the numbers are probably only just going to go up as we approach the the holidays again and the everything that happened after thanksgiving comes to, to light it's to ridge's point it's like anyone the there's gonna have to be a tight bubble for anyone who's involved for the team at all and whether you know, how much open, it's not just the players we're talking about. It's like anyone who has access to the team is, you know, could potentially bring it in from their family or anything else. So given how widespread it is, it's like it could get bad in a hurry unless they really close up ranks. So my question for Pina real quick, the statement is more than half of the, more than half the Celtics will test positive for COVID this season. It's a, it's a sort of morose beginning to this game. Uh, We're going to get less depressing as we move forward. (laughs) I think it's it's important to at least address this. So uh, more than half the Celtics will test positive for COVID. One through ten. Do you agree? I'm going with five. Um, and that just speaks to the general uncertainty of the situation. And, like, when I saw that number, you know, 8.7 or 8.8% of the players who were tested um, – last week tested positive in the league. Um, it's kind of like, it's, it's weird because there's only 500 or so players and there were over 40 who already tested positive pre like that we know of pre bubble in the bubble, et cetera. Like, and I think the number is definitely higher than that from just, we don't know everything. So like, at what point is it just like kind of herd immunity among the players where it's just not that big of a deal for them specifically? Does that make sense? Yeah, the big deal again will happen when Rudy Gobert becomes the first person to test positive twice. Oh, not the, not the first person <laughs> ever, but the first person in the NBA. Right. and just, It's like a groundhog day. B-Rob, what do you think? One through ten. I'm going to go three. Um, I optimistic. Do, I, yeah, I guess it is optimistic. I... I think it is going to depend a lot. Like, I think it's going to vary from team to team. I think the Celtics, not that running a super tight ship with like, you know, in terms of players, like staying inside the hotel and really just trying to minimize risk as much as possible. Like 
that can only go so far. And when you're, when you're traveling around, but I do think that, you know, the, the personnel, it's a pretty responsible group and obviously a super responsible organization from top on down. So um, they won't be immune from it by any means, but I wouldn't expect, um, you know, I expect them to, to handle it better than potential other teams around the league. And so if, if the whole league, if it's going to be half the league is going to get half, then I think the NBA is in really big trouble. But so I will, I'll err on the side of caution in terms of, or optimism, I guess, for the Celtics. And is it fair to say that the Kardashians are part of the Celtics bubble? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just thinking, I'm just, I'm just thinking about that right now. Like, if one of your players is, is dating a Kardashian, like the Kardashians are part of your bubble. I don't think so. I don't, I don't know. I have no comment about this. I have no idea. I have not given it any thought. I, although I will say, like Tristan Thompson is. Like my mother-in-law knows who Tristan Thompson is. My mom knows who Tristan Thompson is. <laughs> Big news. My, my wife knows. So yeah, it was like I got text messages from that signing. I just want to say, like bef- above and beyond my expectations. Like everyone was very excited about it. Did Tristan go to that island? Like he was there. Yes, he was there. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, the the first time we, the Celtics acquired a, a Kardashian bow, it turned out very well. So. Hopefully this goes as well as the Chris Humphreys error. What's your What's your number, Rich? What's your Oh, the the correct answer is six. Six. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> there's a right There's a right answer. Uh, okay. Question two. Jeff Teague will start more games than Kemba Walker. Se- Somebody go first. Se- yeah, yeah, go ahead, Mike. Seventy-two games in the regular season. Uh, Mike Bina. I'm going three. Ooh. Um, I, you know, I, I want to be optimistic about Kemba's knee and it's, it's, uh, I mean, this is obviously a tough pill to swallow. And I, the fact that they revealed in the official statement that essentially they had no idea what was going on. And so they resorted to <laughs> stem cell treatment. Like that's just not, that's not good not at great. all. Um, and I just, as someone who's followed the Celtics my whole life, Anytime there's a situation like this, I have flashbacks to Kevin Garnett in 2009, and that's bad. But I'm trying to be more optimistic here. So I hope that Kemba does indeed start more games than Jeff Teague, because if that's, if it's wrong, then the season is like over. So that's why I'm going with three. You're up. Before you give your answer, I, I texted a, a friend of mine from college, he's an orthopedic surgeon. So I texted him about the stem, shell, stem cells to see what he thought. He says, that stuff that he's like that stuff's like Frank's red hot. You can put it on anything. Just means he has cartilage defect and they're trying to get at, get by without surgery. So not very uh uplifting. But like you said, they're just kinda of trying to trying to try anything they can without him going under the knife and we'll see what happens. B Rob, what do you think? Right. So I guess it can't hurt. Um yeah. yeah so based on that, um let's go, go for five. I think Oh man. I do think that well let, let's do some quick math here. He's he's not coming back until January at the earliest. So he's missing a month worth of games, I'd I'd estimate there. And then I'd assume the Celtics are gonna rest him on back to backs a lot. Maybe permanently here if that's like if the if it's as if he hasn't just to manage it, even if he is feeling good, like, okay, let's just take out this equation. Like you we got Jeff Teagan here and Marcus Smart can play point. So based on that, I, I do think it's going to be close, but I think it's a coin flip. Yeah, the answer is four. And and the reason it's four is because the, you guys are also assuming that Jeff T is going to be healthy for the entirety of That's Yeah, of Marcus Smart run. will be taking some of the starts at point guard. Yeah, I mean, the last – well, I mean, I guess last year, 59 games, which is obviously shortened season, uh, 42 games a year before fatigue. But before that was pretty durable, 70, 82, 79, 73, obviously an older man now. But the answer is four. I think that, I don't know, like, are, are you guys, I know you're trying to be optimistic about Kemba. Um, it just seems like surgery. I don't know, like, they keep on trying to avoid it when that just maybe is what he what needs to happen. But I guess we will see. And and try, and because how, how many more years is he on under contract after this? Zero? I mean, he, this is, he's got, two more guaranteed years, including this year, and then a player option. So three more years. So if he's going to have to have surgery at some point, like I get, I mean, it's, if you have to, after this year, then you're probably out for at least a year 
and change. So there's no good time to have it, but maybe this is a, a last gasp of, you know, we have to try everything before we, we go down that road. Reminds me of Isaiah Thomas a little bit. Man, you said that this are... podcast was going to get less depressed. Yeah, well, this is let's... question. Okay, fine. <laughs> you know what? J- just for you, I'm going to take the, the fourth question and make it the third question. Jason Tatum averaged 25, 10, and 5 during last year's playoffs in the bubble. Uh, as far as I can tell, only eight guys have done that over an entire season in the NBA. A few guys did it, did it more than once, but I think only eight guys have done it. Will Jason Tatum average 25, 10, and 5 for this next season? Uh, Brian Robb, you go first, 1 through 10. How much do you agree with that statement? I'm going 4 because uh, I only go 4 because I think Tristan Thompson is going to be eating up a lot of those rebounds. So uh, I think it's going to be harder for Tatum to, to get to. I mean, he it, he almost got did it effortlessly during the playoffs. Um, but when you have – but that's because Cantor wasn't really playing at all. So I think that Tatum is probably playing more three than four this year, um, at least before crunch time. And so, but I think the 25 and five part of the equation will be very, uh, very attainable. Tina? Um, I have, I have four as well. I'm going to say four. And I agree with a lot of things you said, B-Rob, about the rebounding being kind of the one statistical factor that will limit him. I think, he can easily get 25. Like that should be the expectation. Should, like that's so wild to just say about him and stop and pause and be like, this guy, if he doesn't average 25 a night, that's a disappointment. But um, I think, yeah, no. And, and the assist, I mean, the assist needs to happen to be frank, like, you know, assists per game aren't everything of course, but Kemba's in, Kemba was like a huge engine in the offense last season. And if he is not a hundred percent for a majority of the season, then Tatum's going to have to really play make um, and draw two, which he can do. Can I read really quick the players who have actually done this? So to give people perspective on what type of achievement this would be. Please do. Um, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Giannis Antetokounmpo, twice. Twice. Charles Barkley, Elgin Baylor, Larry Bird, Wilt Chamberlain, twice. DeMarcus Cousins, who's kind of the lone guy here who doesn't belong um oscar robertson three times and russell westbrook twice that's nine, that's nine guys for some reason boogie did not make my my list but yeah that that, that would be pretty impressive if you can join that crew but again not not super depressing if he doesn't the fact that we're even having that conversation but but the fact but like you said Pina, the five assists i know 25 points the fact that you're just kind of shrugging off and saying yeah he can do that is a big deal but from from where he came from, not even as a rookie, like maybe a season ago, <laughs> to think that he could that they were having the conversation about him likely averaging five assists a game is pretty remarkable. Yeah, I mean the the progression from that standpoint, um, just throughout through the second half of last season was just huge, and now it is you know they did bring in a pass first guy in Teague, which I think will help him from a scoring standpoint um, and putting him in better spots and a guy that won't want to. Did you just call Jeff Teague a pass first guy? (laughs) Look at his assist rate, Mike. I mean, he, he'll, I think on this team, he's going to be a pass first guy. Like he, there are times I agree. Like sometimes he gets ball hockey early in his career, but he also, there are times you're like, why isn't he, why is he turning down shots? And maybe I haven't seen much of Jeff Teague lately. Maybe he, he turned into a, a full ball, ball hog in, in Minnesota, but I think on this team, it's, he's going to be a pass first guy. Uh, speaking of pass first guys, here's our next question: uh, Evan Turner will play a game for the Celtics <laughs> this season. New assistant coach Evan Turner, uh, player. What, what, what do they say he's going to work in? Like player development. Player development. Um, well, Evan Turner will play a game for the Celtics this year. B Rob, one through ten. How likely? Well, I'm going to stop you there because you didn't give us a number for your last question, Rich, I don't think, did you? Oh, a number slash the answer. No, the answer yeah. is – the answer is five. I, I think – I mean, it's crazy, but he – because he wasn't even just kind of sneaking into 10 rebounds a game in the playoffs. And I like you said, I think Tristan will dominate that that spot, those spots, the way that Tice and, and Time Lord and those guys didn't really do it. Um, but I think that he's going to come out really trying to establish himself as an – as I mean, reestablish himself as an all NBA player. And I think 
again, just how effortlessly he got to like 14, 15, 16 in some of those games. And again, it, it's different doing it in a playoff game with the, you know, with, with, with what's at stake and you're going to be playing some of these games, you know, the fourth minutes. and five, the minutes, right. And like, and I, I don't know how, how it's working with back to how many back to backs are this year or like, you know, like three games and, and four night situation. And it will be a little bit more difficult, but I think there's a little better chance than you guys are, are giving him. Uh, not much though. Um, but Evan Turner, Evan he will Turner. play a game for the Celtics this year. Uh, let's go two for just for fun because they do have the open roster spot right now. Fun um, would be eight. I mean, fun would be eight, but like two is realistic fun. Um, I, I, I'm just going to start petitioning for weekly or monthly press conferences for him. That's all I care about. Um, from the Evan Turner friend, you know, give Brad a day off, just let, <laughs> let Turner, you know, have fun with the media. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do think my, like having a guy like this, you know, he only played with smart, I think in terms of current Celtics, but having a former player to maybe, you know, to maybe keep even like a guy like smart, not in line, but just to like, you know, when there are little blowups like there were in the playoffs last year to kind of, you know, provide some, some perspective on it. I think it's, I think it's a great hire. I'm, I mean, my answer to this is, is zero. Um, Bo. But, but I just want to say like, what was your guys reaction when you first saw that they hired him as a coach, like, cause for me, it was like, why is this guy's career over? Like, I know he wasn't like, you know, um, lighting the world on fire and his last stop with the Atlanta Hawks or anything. And the, the jump shot just has never come around and you have to be able to shoot threes in this league as being a primary ball handler or even someone who wants to set anybody up. But like, I don't know, like he was, I, this was just surprising to me. I mean, he's only 32 years old. And that is why the answer is eight. Mm. Eight? Um, <laughs> yes. Um, listen, we just we just talked about COVID wreaking havoc on, on, on the roster. That's a good point, Rich. Um, there are, there, it's very possible there could be a game where like six or seven guys can suit up. You don't know. It's, it's going to hit <clears> – excuse me. I missed the cough button. Um <laughs> There are, going to, there are going to be times where, where it hits you. You know, you're going to be on the road somewhere, and all of a sudden, you, you again, three or four guys are going to have, maybe have to sit out. Who knows if it's an inconclusive test or, or whatever it is, uh, or contact tracing. But I think it happens. The best uh, tweet about Evan Turner was from a guy, Adam Davis. He said, having a guy on the bench, you can say, I was nearly out of the league, and then I listened to Brad and got $70 million is a good thing. Mm. That's a really good point. There's no better <laughs> example of like, listen to Brad and you will be taken care of than Evan Turner. Um, but that's really, I mean, also it is, if, if, if you're going to have to bring in, I'm like emergency COVID situations, like whether it's a 10 day or whatever, just having a guy like that on the staff that I imagine there's no rule against him, you know, signing for 10 days and then becoming a coach again, that would be, I mean, that makes for a great story, but it, it would give, a team like the Celtics and Edge, if he has, you know, like Mike said, a little bit more left in the tank than we all thought he did um, by surprisingly hanging it up at 32. Um, guys, uh, NFL, the NFL season continues. It's actually almost the playoffs. Uh, there have been a few surprises, including some teams at the top of the standings. And you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. No matter how the schedules change or the players bet- – or which players play, but online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every game this season. Fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere online. Head to bet online today and take advantage of all the great mid-season bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, Bira, uh, Danny Ainge said the other day in one of his press conferences or one of his interviews, they asked him about potentially bringing in another player or two or if the current roster is going to be the roster that, that we see on opening night. So the next question or the next statement that you can agree or disagree with the current roster right now will be the roster on opening night. Yeah, that's a, that's a 10 based on his answer to me. It makes sense for them. When you have this trade exception, you, and you have all these young guys on your roster that are not going to build any trade value for yourself or for another team, unless they play like, 
this is probably the time to figure out what you have. And so we see that happening here with Kemba out. Hopefully Romeo Langford gets healthy quickly. And then, um, you know, the Celtics are in a better position to evaluate, okay, who can we trust here? Who potentially builds up some trade value that we might be able to move or be used as a sweetener? And who just doesn't have it and isn't someone we should invest in too much going forward? Fiona, you agree? Yeah, this is a 10. I mean, it's just like the season is about to start. Camps have basically already started. Uh, you don't see a lot of transactions or personnel moves beyond maybe someone getting hurt in training camp or something like that, which would be terrible. Um, but no, I mean, this is, this is the roster. All right. You guys are both right. Congratulations. That was a 10. <laughs> Finally. <clears throat> yes. Next question. The Charlotte Hornets will make the NBA, the Eastern conference playoffs. Mike Pina. Whew. Um, so, I mean, not to make this a philosophical discussion, but like the play-in situation <laughs> has totally ruined this question, like about seating and maybe not ru- ruined is probably the wrong word, but like it just distorts it for me. Like I think every, I just assume every team is going to be right there at the end and it's really difficult to kind of parse, but like, to answer your question, I'm going to go six here. Um, and that's just kind of a testament to how crummy the bottom of the East is. And like, I know Washington just made a huge trade for the great Russell Westbrook, and that should have them just soaring to new heights. Um, the Atlanta Hawks, I really like what they did. And then there's some really crappy teams below. Um I don't know. Like, I'm not. I'm not going too far in one direction. I think six is pretty solid. But I'm just saying, like, it, you have to give a team the benefit of the doubt because of the plan. So, like, even if they get the ten seed, they're going to be have an opportunity to actually make the playoffs as opposed to just not having that opportunity. So, right. I'm, I'm landing on six. I'm excited to see Gordon lead them to victory in a playing game. That would be like the crowning achievement of his of his Hornets <clears throat> tenure. Uh, B Rob, what do you think? Three. Because uh, for him oh. to do that, he has to be, you know, he has to play 65 games for them to, to. I mean, I think getting getting the top 10 in the East is not a huge, you know, leap for them, um, given what's there. But um, I like Atlanta a lot more than I like Charlotte's personnel, even with the Hayward edition. And then... Or Washington, too, right? Yeah, yeah, Washington and Orlando's still there, too, which, again, they should be, they should be breaking it up by that point, but who knows? So... In my mind, there's only one really, one real spot up for grabs in terms of like the eight, nine, ten. Now the play-in um, situation, you know, makes it more intriguing. But I still think that Charlotte is at, still in the bottom of the pack of the the, the eight seed contenders. Yeah, no, the answer is four, and because you look, you look at the Eastern Conference, uh, the top seven teams from last year: Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Pacers, Heat, Philly, and Brooklyn. You got to imagine they're all going back. Um, so yeah, it's those the last small batch of teams for that last spot, and chances are it's not going to be Gordon and Lamelo and Terry. Um, next next statement: Brad Stevens, the top three coach in the Eastern Conference. You're up. Don't start with me. I'm passing. <laughs> <it away. laughs> you know, I had the same thought process. Uh, Pina, go ahead. <laughs> um, I'm going eight here. So that he um, is that he is a top three. I I think if I had to tell you the top three, they would be Nick Nurse, Brad Stevens, and Eric Spolstra. That would be my top three in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, Doc Rivers is obviously in the East now. Mike Budenholzer is a good coach. Uh, the end. I mean, there's, you know, there's like, there's other really good coaches, of course. Um, uh, more bad. I mean, more, more competent coaches than not in the NBA right now, for sure. Uh, but I think those three have kind of separated themselves. Um, no Tibbs? Tibbs is not. Tibbs is like bottom. <laughs> he might be the worst. Actually, no, I, yeah. I, Tibbs is near the, I think Tibbs is near the bottom for me, um, sadly. But, uh, 
but yeah, no, I think that these three, just from what they've done in the postseason the last few years and how they routinely, uh, you know, come up with different schemes, they're creative, they get the most out of players and put them in roles to succeed. Um, and they just like have the most like cachet as well, which I think is really important as a head coach, particularly in this era. Um, so yeah, he's, uh, he's, uh, top three for me. Hey, Rob, I think you want to disagree. I, so I had to go look at the, the, Steve I Nash. did not prepare for this question. <laughs> yeah. Steve Nash is Jimmy Walker, but my answer is after, uh, revisiting the coaches in the East, it's a nine. I think, and Mike laid it out perfectly. Like it's Nurse, it's Spolstra, it's Stevens in some order. And would you rather have Doc Rivers or a Boonholzer or Brad Stevens? It's, that's not an easy, you know, it's an, it's an easy choice. I should say you'd rather have Stevens. Um, and so that just lays it out. You know, Stevens has had, you know, some critics, uh, some, some of it's fair, some of it isn't. Um, but I still think, even despite any kind of questions you have in terms of how last year's postseason went, like he's still a clear cut top three guy in the East. Pina, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but can you pronounce the Indiana Pacers head coach? No. <laughs> I don't know it. Another wild card. Yeah. Um, Nate Bjorkgren is how I want to say it. Yeah, Nate B. Nate. Oh, I just realized that they fired Nate M and now they have Nate B. Great. Um, how interesting. Uh, the answer is six. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, wow. Make the case. Well, I, I just think I, I think that Nurse and Spolster are clear one and two. I'll say that for sure. That's fair, yeah. Um, so Brad sneaks in at three. And, uh, you know, I, I just think – I agree with you that you want Brad over Doc, depending on the roster. Yeah. Like like last year's Clippers team, you think, you think Stevens would have done a better job than Doc? Well, it's clear to me, I think, that they tuned Doc out by the end of that playoff run. Or just he wasn't able to get them together. So, yeah, like I think maybe Stevens puts guys in that team in better positions to succeed over the course of the year. So, while there's no question you want Doc in terms of like getting the the voice of the room, but in, tactically you definitely want Stevens, I think. Yeah. I'm not saying I'd, I'd take Steve Clifford over Brad Stevens, but I like Steve Clifford. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, Billy Diamond's in the East, too. He did a heck of a job last year. There's a lot uh, of good coaches. Yeah. So, it's a good, it's a fun debate. Okay, a few more left. Only three more left. Uh, over his nine-year career, Tristan Thompson has averaged 28.1 minutes per game. Uh, the statement, Tristan Thompson will average 28 minutes a game this year. He averaged 31 last year with the, with the horrible Cavs team. Uh, B-Rob, you go first this time. Three. Um, that's assuming Daniel Tice isn't traded at some point. But you have two good centers behind him. Um, in Tice and Rob Williams, uh, assuming they stay healthy. So I think, you know, Thompson is 29 and he hasn't played in like eight months, but you still want to keep him super fresh for when it matters. So playing him 30 minutes a night in a, or 28 minutes a night in a, in a jam packed season, uh, unless it's absolutely necessary because of injuries, I don't think you want to do that if you're Brad Stevens. So I think they, they air away from that. Um, and I do have a question for everyone after we get uh, Mike's number here. My number is two. I don't think he averages 28 a night. I think, B-Rob, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Rob Williams is on the team. Uh, those two can't play together. I think Tice and Thompson can play together potentially. Um, and maybe it would be like a throwback to the uh, – those Horford Baines lineups, but um, just to give some more sizing in certain matchups. But like, I also see the Celtics downsizing at times and playing Grant Williams at the five. Um, so yeah, no, I don't see him playing that many minutes. The um, t- 10 rebounds a game average for his career. Do you guys know the last uh, Celtic player to average 10 rebounds a game? Oh boy, uh, I'm gonna guess like Garnett or Perk. Can any guesses? Rondo. Uh, great guess. <laughs> Al, Al Jefferson, the last Celtic yeah. Celtic to average ten rebounds a game. See if Tristan. See if Tristan can get there. 
Uh, what do you got, your, Rob? What are you going to say? Um, I just wanted to ask you guys. I mean, Mike brought it up perfectly. Like, you know, we it's clear that Grant Williams will be playing a lot of four with these guys, but is is a Thompson Tice front court like viable? Um, not regularly, but semi regularly um, during this season. Well, I I mean I think it's matchup dependent, right? Like if I'm playing the um I'm trying to think of a team where this would work now. <laughs> if, I'm play, if I'm playing like uh Indiana, um How about the Turner, Bu- or the Bucks. Could you is Tice Thompson versus the Bucks a good idea? Um why why do you think that's a good idea? I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure it's a good idea, but you have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, like, from a you know a size standpoint, like you can. I mean, I, I assume Thompson or Tice in small stints against Giannis is like an okay idea of like in a regular season game. Um, but like you said, it might just be a situation where it's against like Pacers front line where you you know you have like two, you know, legitimate bigs you're up against. Yeah, I mean, I think you want to be a little bit more conservative defensively with Tice. I get flashbacks of him trying to corral Bam Adebayo off the bounce, and I just, like, I, it's just, it's tough. But, like, against a team like Indiana, I think that they could go big with dual bigs. Um, against a team like Brooklyn, when KD's at the four, or even, like, Torian Prince is at the four or whatever, like, I don't really, I'm not, I'm not too pumped about that matchup. Um, against a team like Chicago, maybe you could stay big. Uh, Orlando, definitely. Like Orlando, sure. Orlando, yeah. Um, there's just not – I mean, the, the most intriguing one actually to me now that I'm thinking about it is Philadelphia. And it, All right. it, it's kind of like, okay, can you hide – either you're hiding one of the bigs on Danny Green or you are putting one of the bigs on Ben Simmons, but I still I don't I don't like Tice on Simmons to be honest with you. But I think with Embiid, um, getting as big as possible is a smart thing um, for sure. Uh, but that's a that's a that's a tricky one. I, I I don't think they would do that at the end of the day. But that's one to ponder. Is Doc going to roll out Embiid and Dwight Howard together in response <laughs> to that? I think Daryl uh, Morey would fire him on the spot if he did that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess one thing to consider, the answer is four, by the way, but uh, it depends on how, how durable um, Tristan Thompson can be. You know, had four straight seasons where he played 82 games earlier in his career, but obviously, you know, played 43 and 19, played 53 games in 18. Uh, hasn't been as durable lately, but um, we'll see. Uh, next question, we have two more. We're going to do this quickly. Uh, the statement is Aaron Neesmith will play more minutes than Peyton Pritchard. Aaron Neesmith will play more minutes than Peyton Pritchard. Uh, Rich, just so you know, you gave us this question the exact opposite. It's I like Peyton that. Peyton Pritchard will average more minutes than Aaron Neesmith, but I can I, I, but, I can deduce it in my head and I can flip the number around, so don't right. even worry about it. Uh, you know, the, 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 the problem is that I didn't want to click off Tristan Thompson's basketball reference page and read. I tried to, I tried to go off the top of my head and I blew it. No, I, it's, no it's, not, it's not okay. It's not okay. All right. <laughs> All right, so okay, we're doing okay, we so we're doing Neesmith will average more minutes than Pritchard to to clarify here. No, no, I think we should. It's much better as Pritchard, the original Pritchard. Pritchard that makes the statement that, yeah. that I'm trying to make. Yeah. So the statement is Pritchard will play more minutes than Neesmith. Um, I'm going <laughs> to give two answers here. Um, mm. The my answer is uh, two, and the Celtics answer has to hope to be zero because um, Neesmith – no, not this is not a knock on Pritchard, but if Neesmith can't get on the floor for big minutes in this season, I know he's you know just out of being a sophomore, but with Romeo Langford out to start the year and the team desperate for shooting off the bench, like that's a problem. Like that's not good because you really – you need Neesmith to really hit here given your depth on the wing – and um, he's going to get every opportunity to do it. And, you know, I mean, if Pritchard's great, then maybe he is gets backup minutes right away. And if he's in threes, he's going to be on the floor too. But, um, 
I think if you're going to sell this, you really got to hope that, you know, Neesmith is out there and making a pretty big impact, uh, not a huge impact, but, you know, making bench impact right away. You could argue that the depth at in the backcourt is a bigger issue right now than, than wing. That's right? where my head was at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but then, but it's like, we're, we're smart playing though. Like I could see something where, you know, smart and Teague split the backup point minutes and, or split the point minutes period. And then Neesmith is kind of pushed in to a, the two or the three with Tatum Brown and, you know, whoever player X that earns minutes. Now Pritchard could be that guy. If Pritchard can play right away, then he can be pushed into the equation there. Um, but I think um, it'd be better for the Celtics if it was Neesmith. Your two answers were two and zero. Uh, my one answer is eight. Um, oh. Yeah, and like I'm it. not even uh, – first of all, I, I I think that a lot of this has to do with the positional need in the backcourt. And Kemba, Kemba's injury history and the fact that he is injured, um, uh, the fact that I'm not even ruling out that Pritchard will be better than Teague yeah, uh, straight fair. up and just take his minutes. Um, and – yeah, like there's the glut on the wing, and I kind of view Marcus Smart in a lot of ways because of what he does on defense as a wing also. Um, so, I mean, Romeo Langford will be back at some point. Uh, Grant Williams, just like two through four, Grant Williams. I think Shemi will probably – like my thing with Neesmith is that he had a pretty serious difficulty on the defensive end – um, in college with regards to, you know, foot speed and sometimes not knowing where to be and all that. And it's, it's tough to, you know, uh, look at the 14 game sample size or whatever it was, but like, I find, I think the learning curve for him is going to be a little steep defensively. I think teams are going to attack him. And if you can't defend, you just don't get minutes for Brad Stevens. That's what it is. So if he's like a – there's a weak link there um, and he's just not playing well on the defensive end, I don't even think like his shot will matter that much. I think they'll play shimmy over him and be fine. So that's, that's kind of what my mentality was going, where my mentality was going with that. Can Pritchard play, do you know? Or are you thinking just like they'll be easy – with Smart out there, it's easier to like – he won't have to guard the the point of attack as much because I don't know if Pritchard yeah, sees yeah. great either. Pritchard's a stud, dude. He's going to be incredible. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. He's probably terrible at defense. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but but yeah, this is more about Kemba than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Fair. The the answer is is, is six. Uh, I think I think it's oh. more like more likely than not than Pritchard's going to play more. That Pritchard is going to play more minutes. I think it's possible that they both have a pretty good rookie season. I just think that yeah. Pritchard's good. And, and I just don't, you don't need, I know you need Neesmith, right? You need, you need a wing that can mm-hmm. shoot, but you also, you have two of the best wings in the entire league on your roster right now. And you really have some issues at point guard. Uh, and that's even assuming that Marcus stays healthy for the whole time. It assumes that Teague stays healthy for the whole time. Uh, Cause we know that Kemba is going to be touch and go. Even once he comes back, I, you can't imagine they're just going to roll him out and say, okay, Kemba, go back to doing what you, what you were doing in Charlotte or, you know, first couple of months in Boston, I think Pritchard's going to have a lot of opportunity. The back-to-back point that I, sorry, B Rob, that uh, I think Rich made earlier. Yeah. Um, with regards to we like we don't really even know what the what the schedule is or how tight it's going to be, but I do anticipate. You know, if games get canceled for COVID-related reasons, that could only increase the back-to-back scenarios. And oh, right. They're just not going to play Kemba in those like, – right. like the Houston Rockets last year didn't play Russell Westbrook in a single back-to-back. And, like, I mean, wow. you know, um, he wasn't even coming off, like, a major knee issue. It's just – that's just the NBA today. So if you are coming off a major knee inj- knee issue that is worrisome and you're on a max contract, people are – the team is going to be very cautious with you. Can – is Tremont Waters – uh, like, no, I mean, I think he could potentially beat out Pritchard here too. Like out of the gate, we'll see. Um, I mean, Pritchard has obviously the size and the shooting advantage, um, but I'll be fascinating to see how that works out. And I'll just say this, like 
if Ojale is is playing over Neesmith, like Neesmith must be. I can't imagine how bad he was on defense, especially at this point. Like you, it was almost for both of these guys. Like Brad needs to play both of these guys, like and just do it in these couple months because you got to see what you have. I know you don't want to totally hand them this, but like you need to see what you have here. And like you said with Kemba, out, like for Pritchard too, it's a good time to find out kind of where you're at. Yeah, I like that. Um, last question, last statement. Uh, one through ten, how much do you guys agree with, with this? Danny Ainge is Giannis. Giannis is Danny Ainge. And I and I asked this question because I'm pretty sure that B Rob might know who Giannis Giannis is. I I might have the capacity to find out. So Giannis was a pre Twitter was a, a frequent commenter on Celtics Hub. Probably right. on some of Mike's articles, a bunch of mine. I've always Mike. I've always thought secretly that Giannis is a former Celtics Hub writer and also hilarious comedy writer, uh, Hayes Davenport. Shout out to Hayes. Um, he has denied it. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if I believe him, but we there are some IP addresses and stuff that I, I can dig into here. Maybe we'll do a deep dive um, I think Ryan Ryan Bernardoni has has some information as well. Yeah. I think from his his old Celtics sub servers, um, yeah. because so so it's either it's either that that is, this is the same person that used to comment on those posts, or someone kind of assumed the right. identity of Yanos and thought it was a good bit and just trans they took it over the to to Twitter without you know you know getting the permission from the the original Yanos. Right. But so same, Danny Ange, Dan, is Danny Ange Giannis? Um, I'm going to go two on that, but I, I can't roll it out. I wrote 10, but I really think it's one. Yeah. Not I, wanted, I, I think it would be funny, but it's just not. I heard that it, it, there's also some speculation that it could be Zarin as well. Um, but I had, I had heard that it would be a big-time violation of the CBA for, for whatever reason because okay. they actually – because he actually, because Giannis actually like uh, makes comments on like present day players and gives his opinion on things, that it would be a violation of the CBA. I mean, I mean, they still have to prove that it was Danny or Zarin, but uh, for people who think, yeah, for people that think that it that it is, that's one thing to to consider. Could it be like Colangelo's wife or something? Like what's yeah, what, would would be be the, on, what would be the equivalent? Uh, one of Danny's many grandchildren, maybe. <laughs> I don't, so, I mean, we'll have to, I do think we should do a deep investigative, like, analysis on this at some point on this podcast to, uh, to talk through some more of these theories, because there is, it is, I mean, this would be, I think, a huge development if we, if we got to the, to the, solve this case. It would also ruin Janos, I mean, it always ruins it when you find out the, the true identity. Everyone wants to believe that it's really... I don't even know where where is he supposed to be from? That's somewhere in I don't know, some Eastern European country, I guess. I yeah. We'll have to find the, the picture is the best though, whatever the clip art they found that, <laughs> that guy. But that's but I we're these ten questions I, I I'll have to say this. I think some of my favorite winning plays podcasts are the rich ten questions or you know, the the rich topic discussional. So I agree. Kudos kudos once again. I'm, rich I'm, together. I'm tipping my Denver Nuggets hat to you guys and, <laughs> and everybody. Out and this there. is on video, so people will see that. By the way, we can. Is that right? Yeah. So, okay. We should pull out that part when I'm saying that they can't see it, <laughs> and then put the video out. Right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll tweet out the, the picture of the hat on Twitter. <laughs> um. All right. So, at Winning Plays Pod, as always for feedback, uh, follow Mike. At Michael Vipina, listen to him on the open floor as well. Paul Rich at Rich underscore Levine. Uh, preseason basketball in a week and a half, guys. Oh, and then, yeah, final thoughts. Christmas, Christmas game. Uh, Kyrie coming to Boston without people in the stands. So he will come if there's, if there's no one there? I well, wonder if, if he'll really, still find it, a way to... It worked out great for him. Right. I'm really happy. <laughs> he played his cards right. It's a genius move. I, real quick, I thought that the slate of games was atrocious. Weird, atrocious. right? It's awful. Read them yeah. to me again. Like, what's the... Okay, so, so um, 
the first one is Heat versus Pelicans, which weird. What are we even doing? I mean, yeah. I understand, but I don't understand. Um, the next game is Warriors Bucks. Weird. Yeah. Uh, then it's Celtics Nets, which I I think that's just like a sensible one with it makes a lot of sense. Um, Who's guarding Harden? Thing. um no houston has the new big three john wall boogie cousins james harden it's gonna be great um then uh honestly the the dallas mavericks lakers matchup is like insulting to me i'm sorry i know i said i I forget if i said this when we were recording or not but i don't think the dallas mavericks are gonna even make the playoffs luca has not won a playoff series you can't put a team like that against the defending champions. That's just like an it's an insult. Come on. Well, because you figure they 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 got to get Zion on there. They got to get Luca on there so they take the defending champs and the and the Eastern Conference champs, right? And just have them, them play each other. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, that should be the noon game. That should be the noon ridiculous. Game. Yeah, it should be Lakers Warriors. Like there should be a better or Lakers Lakers Heat. I don't know. You can try and make that right. happen if you yeah, want. I, you know, make it a, re- a rematch. It's good Speaking of rematches, was, what's the last game of the of the slate? Uh, Clippers Nuggets. Yeah, it's just like the meh. It's it's like no one cares. Yeah, like it's not a rivalry. It's just not like Clippers Lakers is it. I don't care if that they're playing opening night. Like you made a mistake. You should have Clippers Lakers on Christmas because you were whining about how you needed the Christmas Day game so badly, and then <laughs> you just completely ruined the matchup. So that's those are my thoughts on that. I saved my hot takes for the very end. And Dallas isn't going to make the playoffs either. So exactly. So. Um, <laughs> Give me Trey Young. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, only two weeks away from that dynamite matchup. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, with some as the Celtics actually get training camp going. We we will be hearing for more of this team and actually be able to see them in a few days after that. So stay tuned here to the Wing Place Pod and uh, thanks for listening.